welcome to the Anchor Church Podcast. To learn more about Anchor Church or to hear the entire message, go to www.anchorchurch.life. Do you find yourself repeating the same old patterns that you have committed to change? The Renew series will give you the tools to have a fresh start. That's what it's all about, being the new. Let's renew in 2019. We're going to talk about resolutions. Anybody pick up a resolutions? I know Danil mentioned it last week, but I want to, I want to know who, who legitimately has started their resolution. Everybody, go ahead and raise your hand if you have a resolution and you've started it. This is a church of no resolutions. <laughs> One. Um, have you broke it? <laughs> no pressure. Um, but yeah, no, a lot of times I, I read a, a statistic that said that 90% of resolutions break. So a lot of people, you know what they think, you know what, I'm not even going to bother with it. Can't do it, won't do it, so I'm not going to do it. Um, but I do believe that there are some great things that can come of being a part of New Year's resolutions. It gives us a chance to kind of rip back and start something new. And that's really kind of what this thing is all about when we talk about renew in January. It's what can we do to actually step foot into a new situation or, or renew into a, a situation that we um, maybe need to have new life in. And so that's what I want to walk us through through the month of January. And today it's, it's really just a discussion about faith because we want to we take that first step and have that first conversation just about what we can renew. And in a new year, let's renew our faith in God. Now, I don't know where you're at and what you have in, as, in regards to a faith or where your faith power is. You'd say it's strong or it's weak or wherever it is that you find yourself in this moment in 2019. But I believe that every single one of us can take that next step forward in our faith and be able to see a little bit more that God has for you in 2019. So to that, that's what it's all about. So I've already asked you if you had a New Year's resolution. There's one, so that kind of just destroyed my, my whole question and answer thing that I was going to do with you guys right now. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a New Year's resolution. Every single person in here right now in this room has a New Year's resolution, and that is going to be to have 100% attendance for church in 2019, <laughs> all right? That means you'll be back next week. But what that means today is that you have 100% church attendance in 2019. So real quick, give your, your neighbor a high five and say, good job, you did it. You did it. You, you, made it. you made it. Oh, it's the hardest thing sometimes is just to get here, right? <laughs> so the first uh, uh, scripture I want to read for you this morning is in James chapter 4. The people only have it in the computer because I added it this morning. But James chapter 4, verse 8, you'll just have to trust me or pull up your own Bible and read it yourself. <laughs> uh, you read your own Bible yourself, the pastor said. All right. James chapter 4, verse 8, it says, Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded people. But it says here the main point is to draw near 
to God and he will draw near to you. So that's really kind of, if you can just underline that in your Bible, if you brought your Bible, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. If you can make that your promise, your prayer in 2019 is, you know what? I'm going to draw near to God because in his promise, he says that he's going to draw near to me if I draw near to him. So, so whatever it is I need to do this year to draw near to him, I'm going to do it. It's a, I mean, it's, 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 it's not as easy as it sounds, but I think that we can do it in small increments. We can do it in small steps. It's baby steps. It's baby steps. But here's what is crazy. Uh, it's a promise. It's a promise to us. And I love promises that we read throughout Scripture. We talked about promises of love, joy, peace, and, um, and hope in, in all of December when we went through and walked through Advent and into the Christmas season. Those were all promises that God has given us. And here's a promise that he will draw near to us when we draw near to him. But promises come with processes. And so there is a process. And the process is that you have to take these baby steps. You have to be in line. You have, you, you have to be in line with what God is doing. So today, the word of the day, ring, the word of the day is Alignment. Is alignment. Has anybody ever had bad alignment on their cars? Yeah. Anybody ever neglect to do anything about the bad alignment on your car uh, and then have to pay for it like way later? Uh, you know, it pulls a little bit to the right. No big deal. It'll be fine until it just wrecks all your tires a whole lot sooner than you, you were anticipating. Um, we, we just visited my parents up in, in Georgia, in the North Georgia mountains, and uh, we left on, on oh, I get so confused now because... Friday was a blur. So we left Thursday night. We left early Friday morning at 2 a.m. from my parents' house to drive nine hours to get back home. And, um, and about an hour into the trip, oh dear, we hit, we hit a deer. And it, it, it messed up the front of the van. And it was funny because somebody was asking me this morning, did it mess up your alignment? And I'm like, you have no idea that that was what I was going to talk about today. <laughs> Oddly enough, it didn't wreck my alignment. I don't know how it didn't, but it didn't pull one way or another. But I remember a time when uh, my car was doing that and I messed up my tires. And that, that it, it may seem like something that is so small from the very beginning, but if you don't take care of it down the road, it's going to cause a whole lot of issues. So right now, today in 2019, it doesn't matter what you were doing last week. But right now, 2019, I'm telling you to realign yourself, position yourself with God in 2019. Let's renew your focus. Let's renew your alignment. Let's get that set up because we don't want major damage to happen to your vehicle down the road because you didn't take care of your alignment issues and your alignment problems. So in 2019, let's focus and again, draw near to him and he will begin to draw near to you as a promise from him. Uh, Ephesians chapter four, verse one, it's going to be on the screen. That one is on there. And I'm going to read this to you as well. It says, therefore, I, the prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk worthy of the calling that you have received with all humility and gentleness and with patience, accepting one another in love. But here's the thing that I want you to understand or hear is that it says, walk worthy of the calling that you have received. It says, I urge you to live. I urge you to walk in the calling that you received. And we have callings. God has called you to something in this life. He's called you to something greater than wherever you are right now. I believe that. I'm a firm believer in that. 
He has great plans for you. He has something that he wants for you to achieve. He has things that he wants to see you accomplish. He has great things for you. It's in your life. It's in 2019. And I'm praying for you in 2019 that you begin to understand what this calling is, to live or to walk in a life worthy of the calling that you have received. We all have that. We all have that calling. We all have gifts as well. And I think sometimes we get those mixed up. We mix up our gifts and we mix, mix up our callings. But how can we live out the calling? How can we walk out this calling that Jesus has for us? I, the, the easiest thing I could tell you is to not make it about yourself. You may not necessarily know what your calling is, but you cannot make your life about yourself. All throughout scripture, we see time and time again, it, scripture tells us to humble ourselves. We could go back to James chapter four, verse eight, when it says, draw near to him and he will draw near to you. The very, verse, the very next um, verse says, be miserable and mourn and weep. Your laughter must change to mourning and your joy to sorrow. Verse 10, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. Time and time again throughout scripture, we see that we can be humbling ourselves below to make less of ourselves and to make more of God. That's John chapter three, verse 30. It's one of my favorite Bible verses because it's a reminder to ourselves that we can make less of ourselves, to humble ourselves, not make it about us. Last year, I stood on the same spot and I said, hey, let's make 2018 not about us. Let's make 2018 not about us, and let's continue that. 2019, don't make it about you. Humble yourself, but begin to walk. If you've been with us in this journey over the last year, or if you're just now starting with us, I want you to remember that you can start this walk at any point and walk and live worthy, that your life worthy of the calling that you have received. And the first step is to just not make it about yourself. Because when we begin to make much of ourselves, it's making much of, uh, of another kingdom. It's our own kingdom. And, and honestly, it's quite possibly it could be Satan's kingdom because Satan is not the ruler and the king of his kingdom. He can't do that. He doesn't have that authority. But what he can do is make much of you or allow you to make much of yourself and make you the ruler of your own kingdom. And he makes it you. So what we need to do is we need to shift our alignment and fix our alignment and get it straight back on to drawing near to him so that he will draw near to us and begin to walk down that path worthy of the life or the calling that we have received from him. And I, I, I've, been to, I've been to a couple third world countries. My very first experience on a missions trip was, was to the Philippines and it was just a little over 10, 10 years ago. And uh, I thought it was the coolest thing ever. The traffic there in Manila and outside of Manila, terrible. I don't know if any of you have ever experienced that, but it, it makes I-4 at rush hour seem like a dream. It is miserable. It's like all of a sudden the Holy Spirit says, you know what, I'm, I'm out of here. You guys just fend for yourself for a little bit, and then, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to scoop back down in here in a little bit. But I'm telling you, it was mit, like gridlock, miserable, one-lane road, people just doing whatever they want to do to get around, and it's, it's terrible. But the coolest thing was, is when we were there, we were with one of the, uh, the people that work in government. And so they had their own little um, um, escort, the police escort. So, so we were in a van or in a caravan of different vehicles. And, uh, and anytime we were trying to get somewhere from point A to point B, it could have taken an hour and a half or it could have taken five minutes if we had the police escort. And I remember thinking, do we get the police escort this time? Like, that's how, that's how bad I got. But I remember riding and, uh, and I remember nobody would sit in the front seat. I don't know if you, you remember this, but um, 
for those of you that were on this trip with me. Anthony, you were too. Good to see you back, man. We've missed you the last couple of weeks. Um, bass player up here. Um, there's a lot of people that were on that trip that are in this room. So I remember going on this, on this trip, and, and, and nobody sat in the front seat. And I was like, I'll sit in the front seat. And they're like, no, you don't want to sit. And I was like, no, I'll sit in the front seat. And then like, I was like, why is nobody sitting in the front seat? It was because, you know, you could get shot up there in the front. Like, like they're, they're going to, you know, they might, they might try to, we got the, the guy in the front is armored. Like he, you know, nobody sits up front because it's dangerous. And I'm like, okay. And I just, you know, scoot my seat back a little bit. But I remember getting these police escorts, and it was awesome. They would just take us from point A to point B so fast. And it was, it was, a, it was a dream. And, and I heard this story. This is unrelated to my experience in the Philippines. But I heard this story about this man who was, getting a, who was a chauffeur, and he was taking somebody uh, someplace just like this. I was putting myself in this whole scenario, this whole scene when I was hearing this story. But they get to this point. And they're going through rush hour traffic in the same scenario. Cars are moving out of the way. And he's been able to just go through there, just like Moses parting the Red Sea, just cars going through. And, uh, and all of a sudden, there was this one car that was stuck in the middle of the road. It was not moving. And, uh, and so the police officer, you know, the chips guys, they came over and they like slapped the side of the car and was yelling at him to get over. And, and so they got over. And um, the passenger who was being chauffeured around told the driver, he said, hey, did you see that? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I saw that. And he said, it's interesting because it's the difference between power and authority. Because here in this vehicle, you have power. You have the power to go absolutely anywhere that you, your car can take you. But it's this authority, the authority that is in front of you that opens doors for you that you cannot open yourself. And because of this authority that is in front of you, you are able to go places that you couldn't do on your own. And it got me thinking about just the authority that we have in our life. We have the power to absolutely do anything that we choose to do in life. And we can follow that power, but it's only going to take us certain places. But if we begin to follow a certain authority, and they're taking us somewhere, they're going to be able to take us, God is going to be able to take us into certain places and open certain doors for us that we wouldn't be able to open on our own. And that's the power of authority in our life. It's the power of a spiritual authority in our life. And that's the power of our God because he has the ability to lead us in that way. And so when we say draw near to him and he'll draw near to you, when you begin to follow him around, he begins to open and clear the way for you that you would have never been able to experience or see before and ever think that was ever possible. So um, you won't see as God sees until you start to say what he says and be able to respond to the things that he says. And we can only find the source of that in our, in our Bibles, in our scripture. Because when, when we pray, we're talking to God. But when we read scripture, he's talking to us. And so we're not going to be able to, to see as God sees until we start to say as he says and learn his word and learn what he's doing in our life and be able to draw near to him as we've said. So we need to be aligned with what he has called us to do. And, and I've heard before, you know, I've been around church for a long time now. And, and you know, you, you think that, you know, if I don't respond to my calling, then and I've heard before, then, well, he's going to pick someone else. And, and that terrifies me. I don't know if you've ever heard that before, but, but you have a calling on your life. And if you don't respond to it, then God will pick somebody else. 
And that's terrifying in two different ways because I am in a place and I'm in a position in my life where I, I, I desperately want to live out that calling that God has for me. And I've taken these baby steps and I believe that I'm starting to see more and more of what he wants to show me, but I'm not even there yet. And the second thing that scares me about it is that I think about Joshua who didn't take those steps and that many people died as a result of him not taking those steps forward. And that because of me, if I'm not taking my steps forward and tapping my steps into my calling, and if you're not taking your steps into your calling, that there could be people that are dying without knowing about Jesus in, in your life. And that's terrifying. And it's because of, because of the decisions that I make. And that's why I want to draw near to him. That's why I want to be aligned with him. That's why I want to assume and follow his authority in my life, because he's going to open doors for me that I never would have been able to open on my own. We need to be aligned with him. John chapter 14, verse 12 says this. It says, I assure you, the one who believes in me will also do works that I do, and he will be, do even greater works than these because I am going to the Father. It says, very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing. So if you are a believer in Jesus, you will begin to do some of the works that he is doing. It says it right there. That's a promise from him that if we believe in him, that we will begin to do the works that he does. And not only that, but you will do greater things than these. Greater things than the things that we read about in scripture can happen when we believe in Jesus, and we start to take action on the things that he has called us to do and live out that purpose and live out that plan that he has for our life. But we've got to be aligned. We've got to understand what that calling is and follow it and chase after it with passion, chase after it with, with urgency. And I think that sometimes we pray and think, man, I just wish that God would give me a word. I wish God would give me some direction on this, but he already has. It's already in, the, in scripture. He just, you just need to be aligned with him and find it and discover it and understand the things that he's saying to you. It's already here for us. It's already here. We just have to respond to it and stay aligned with it. And sometimes we write ourselves off because we compare ourselves to other people. I think that probably every single one of us is guilty of this. I'd say when you stand up on a stage and you speak every single week, you can begin to compare yourself to a lot of people. But you have those professions as well. Wherever you are, you look at your coworkers, you look at the students that you're going to school with, you look at your neighbors keeping up with the Joneses, you look at other people's Christmas lights and wish you had those. I see you. I see you. But we compare ourselves so many times, and social media can be the worst. We compare, as people have said before, our, our own highlight reels to each other. That's all social media is. You don't see all the, the, the work that went behind those photos. I just posted some photos of, of my family having a great time up in the, in the Georgia mountains. But you don't see all the, you just get in there and smile. You just smile. Look at the camera. Jilly, look at the camera. Look at the camera. Jilly, why weren't you looking at the camera in this picture? Look at this picture. You see, how, you see how you look? You're not even looking at the camera. Let's do it again. Take a picture again. All right, smile. <laughs> Hashtag no filter. <laughs> but we do that. We compare ourselves. And we don't see the whole story. 
But we need to be aligned with God's calling and not be copycat calling and not follow copycat callings. Stay true to yourself and what God has called you to do. You don't need to try to follow what somebody else has been called to do. Zero in on what he has called you to do. You are unique. You have been built and he has designed you to be the way that you are to do the calling that he has called you to do that maybe nobody else can do. You have this certain interest because God has given it to you and maybe that's part of your calling. But again, I don't want you to be confused with, our gift, with your gift because sometimes we can be so consumed with our gift and we can be congratulated by our gift and we can start to pursue our gift because people tell us that we're so gifted in that and it becomes disingenuine because we're chasing after a gift and sometimes we can prostitute our gift for the calling that God has called on our life. So chase after your calling. Be aligned with your calling. Honor your gift, but know that there is a difference between a gift and a calling. Cultivate, cultivate your calling with prayer, and that's the big thing in 2019 that I want to encourage you with. Pray. I want to be a, a church that just prays. Like, this, this doesn't happen, but I wish that there was a prayer team before we started that was just praying for every person that would be walking into this building. Just in prayer. We've got people that are putting up pipe and drape and tiling cables together and putting the lights up, moving chairs around, putting signs up, setting up the anchor kids. We welcome you to be a part of that. It is so gratifying, I believe, to be a part of something like that. But man, what if we had a team of two, three, ten people that are in a side room just praying for everything that was going to happen today. What would that do to our church? What would that do in your life? What would that do for you and your family if you were incorporating more prayer into your life and into your family? Sometimes we pray, sometimes we pray before meals and I'm like rolling my eyes. Like we don't need to pray before every meal. This is the pastor speaking. <laughs> we don't need to pray before every meal. Because I feel like sometimes it just becomes a routine thing. Like I want that to be a legit, real time of prayer. And if we need to substitute that with some other time, let's do it. But like, can we have real prayer where we're on our hands and we're on our knees and we are just before the throne of God praying for what he wants in my life, what he wants in my family's life, and what he wants in our church? Like what, what would happen if every single one of us did that? It's not going to happen, but what would happen if it did? I believe that it could, but what would happen if it did? And, and how would your life change and how would this church change? See, I'm praying for just big things in 2019 because I believe that God is calling us to something far greater than what we've got right now. And that's personally and that's as a church. I believe it. Cultivate your calling with prayer and align yourself with God. Exodus chapter 14, we're going to wrap up here in just a second, but I've got to read a couple more things in Scripture. Exodus chapter 14, uh, verse 13 and 15 says this, But Moses said to the people, Don't be afraid. Stand firm and see the Lord's salvation will provide for you today. For the Egyptians will see, to, see today and you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you and you must be quiet. This is the famous scene of, of Moses taking his people to the edge of, of uh, the Red Sea. In verse 15, the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to break camp. 
As for you, lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it so that the Israelites can go through the sea and onto dry ground. And if I go back, it says here, Moses said to the the Israelites, don't be afraid, verse 13, stand firm and see the Lord's salvation. See, Moses was telling his people, hey, stand firm, just wait, God's gonna do something. But But then God said in verse 15, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to break camp. I didn't mean for you to stay here forever. We're not, you're not gonna build houses on this shore. Pick up the tents, let's go. As for you, Moses, lift up the staff, the staff that you have been given by me for a long time. Lift up that staff and lift up your hand over the sea and divide it so that the Israelites can cross to the other side. Here's the point. The point is this, that sometimes God is calling us to be into a place, into a position And that might be the place where he wants us for just a short period of time, but don't get, and don't, don't get settled into one spot for too long because God wants to move you to far, far, far more greater things than, than you could ever expect. They were not sitting at the edge of the, at the edge of the shore of the Red Sea, expecting the sea to be parted. It's not like Moses said, all right, hey, listen, everybody, when we get to the Red Sea, I'm going to be able to part it and we're going to be able to walk through and people be like, what? They were standing there not knowing what was going to happen next, but they thought, well, this is it. We're surrounded by mountains. We can't cross the water. Moses, why'd you lead us here? He says, it's okay. Just stand firm. God, help us. What are we gonna do? He says, why are you doing that? You've got the power to be able to do something far greater than this. If you believe it, make this happen. And so they crossed over to the other side of the Red Sea. There's a difference between being still and moving on. And I think that we need to move on in our life. I've got my friend Ethan over here. He's gonna come over here. Why don't you come on up here? I got... This, this was not planned at all. Ethan has no idea that I'm, I'm just kidding. He knows. He works with our students. And so this, he's like the sacrificial lamb of every church. It's this, you know, the person that works with students. So uh, stand here. All right. So imagine for a second, Ethan, this is Ethan. How old are you? 23. Whoa. I wish I could tug like that. <laughs> wish I was 23. <laughs> imagine this is a timeline of Ethan's life. Somewhere over there 23 years ago is when it began. And somewhere right about, no, I'm just kidding. Somewhere right about here, way down there is when, it, when his life ends. It's the timeline of his life. And so Ethan's making his way in this life, but he can only go one way. He can't go back, right? Okay, just making sure. <laughs> can't go back in time. He can look back. And I think all of us look back. I think we look back emotionally. We look back spiritually. We can look at past mistakes and wrongs and wish that we were somewhere else that happened way back there. But we can't do that. All we can do is keep moving. We don't want to stand firm. We want to keep moving. And baby steps in this life, we start to go through the process. And sometimes we're in this place right here, we're calling out and we think, oh, I can't do this anymore, God. I don't know what's happening. My life is not the same as it was before. My past is broken. I don't know what I'm gonna do, God. And we sit here and we cry out to him and we have no idea what's gonna happen, but we are stuck in this place. And I'm telling you that there are people in this room and I've known people that have been stuck in one place because of something that happened in the past and they haven't been able to move on. But God is calling us to move on into the timeline of our life. 
to get past it. And the only time that we can, and the only way we really can move on from something that's happened in the past is to just keep going. And if we are aligned with him, if we are focused on him and we are continuing to draw near with him, and he is the guiding post and he's showing him the way, saying, hey, I'm gonna open this, I'm gonna clear the way for you. Sometime down the line, he might be able to drop the answers to all of Ethan's prayers. Ethan's cried out and said, I don't know what it is, God, show me the way. I'm gonna draw near to you. I need you to draw near to me. I need you to come into my life. I need you to show me the way because I know that you are. I know that you have been. I know that you will be. I just need to know the answers. Sometimes we don't get the answers right here. But if we are in line with him and we continue to follow him, he might just drop them right here so that the point in his life, when he gets to this point, he's gonna say, oh man, I can't believe where I was, God has answered the prayer that I believed that I needed to have. And when I look back, I can see where God was all throughout this whole process. And then the next moment I can see it again and I can see it again. And I'm gonna pray that he'll do it again. And I'll pray that he'll do it again. And that's what it's all about. If we continue to keep in line with him, keep our alignment and our focus on him, he will be able to be able to show us the way. You can go sit down. Thank you for that. Give him a hand real quick. But as he awkwardly steps down, I'm just kidding. You're not awkward. But if anybody can understand this, I would believe in scripture when we see examples of people that have made mistakes, that have been able to move on past their mistakes, we can see it in the life of David. David lived his life and made mistake after mistake after mistake. But the one true thing that he did was he was a man after God's own heart, defined by God himself. And he saw in David something and David continued to keep his eyes focused on him and his calling and he began to live it out with his life. And we see in Psalm chapter 23, one of the most famous passages in scripture. And this is from the heart of David who made mistakes, but he kept moving on. He says, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He lets me lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside still waters. He renews my life. He leads me along the right paths for his name's sake. And when I go through the darkest valley, when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I see no evil. For you are with me. Notice that he's, there's a change here. For I know that you are with me and your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies and you anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. So notice this in, 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 verse, in verse, uh, verse four, he says, even and when I go through the darkest valley, when I walk through the shadow of death, where do shadows come from? They come from light, right? That's how we get shadows. Just a little, okay, just making sure. Shadows come from light. So as he is drawing closer and closer to the light, he's starting to be able to see the shadow. And as I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I can fear no evil. Why can he not fear any evil? It's because he knows that the Lord is with him and he is leading him and he's in line with him. And so that when we go through difficulties and struggles and, and hard times in our life, if we continue to stay in line with him and continue to keep our focus on him and continue to draw near to him, he's gonna draw near to us. We might not have all the answers when we want all the answers, but we just keep moving on and we're gonna be able to discover them because God's gonna put them in front of us. So follow your calling. 
pursue him, chase after him. 2019 can be the biggest year of your life, the best year of your life. And I'm telling you right now, just draw near to him and stay in line with him. And that'll be the ticket. That'll be the key. Renew your faith in him by just setting your eyes on him. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to try? for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel for more messages like this one.